Circle K is America's thirst stop. And yours. Especially when the weather gets... And you need to stay... Stay refreshed on the go with ice-cold Circle K favorites like freshly ground iced coffee, Froster, Polar Pop Cup, and more. And right now at Circle K, score with 28-ounce body armor drinks. Any flavor, three for $5. When life's go, 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 make us your first stop. Because Circle K is America's thirst stop. Better Banking is opening your new first Commonwealth Bank personal checking account with our online account recommendation tool and being entered to win wireless earbuds. First Commonwealth Bank. Member FDIC. Terms and conditions apply. Visit fcbanking.com for details. Hey, John, there's this super crazy story up in D.C. that's technically unsolved, or rather, there's just not enough evidence to convict the, uh, obvious killers. <clears throat> well, you'll see what I mean. Let's just say I think twice about whose couch I crash on after this one. Oh, and the police also find a box of butt plugs in something called a sex milking machine. Thank ya, you're super obsessed, can't stop listening, always talking about you, tried your find your address, please answer my phone calls, biggest fan ever, Emily. But it is time for surprise shots. Oh my gosh. At least there's that. And tonight's surprise shot is dedicated to Taco Supremo, Laura. Laura. Thank you, Laura, for your patronage. Uh, Don't forget, if you would like to have a surprise shot dedicated to you, join us on Patreon. Uh, You can do that by either going to patreon.com or go to talkmurder.com slash join, and you can join our Patreon directly from there. There's three tiers, and the Supremo tier allows you to get a surprise shot dedication just for you. Laura, this is for you. Surprise shots, surprise shots. We don't know what they are because they're a surprise. Cheers! Cheers, guys. Oh, that is really good. Yeah. Pretty smooth. Yeah. Vodka. Peach no. something? It is Peach vodka. Firefly, so it's local. <sighs> Peach moonshine. I didn't know they made moonshine. I feel like I can tell it's moonshine by the way no. it's going down my throat. No, it, that is not real moonshine. It's not white lightning. Or but... what we call it, shine. That ain't the shine that comes from North Carolina mountains. That ain't no popcorn sitting shine. That ain't no popcorn sitting. No, but it is Rest local. in peace. That was good. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I really like Firefly stuff. Mm-hmm. Their <sighs> apple pie moonshine. Oh, You know, I don't think I've tried that one. Oh, no, we've definitely tried that one on our older episodes because I had a jar and we finished. We we definitely finished it. Like, I think I only opened it. Well, please forgive me for, you know, forgetting something that happened when I probably blacked out. This is true. This could have been one of those like Jen's on the floor episodes. That only happened twice. Tonight, before we get started, I want to give a shout out. To just a couple comments on YouTube. Now, I don't usually look at these ever, but for the last video, I thought I would just give you guys a shout out. So the first one is from Rishi. He says, I love your show. Thanks. A teen from India. Love you guys. That's so cool. I don't think we've ever talked to anyone from India. I don't think so. Via the podcast before. That's awesome. 
That's great. Hello, yeah. Rishi. Hello. I hope you guys are doing okay over there. I know things yeah, are tough too. in India right now with yeah, COVID. Me too. Best of luck to you, man. So shout out to you guys. Thanks a lot, Rishi, for listening. And um, stay safe over there in India. And, uh, you know, that's it. That's awesome. Yeah. Also, tonight's story is for a Supremo request. Excellent. Ooh, from I'm going to start trying to cover more stores. I know I keep saying that I have a lot of overconfidence and things. You well, know. we get a lot of requests. We do yeah. get a lot of requests. And then also, true crime is something that will always have a story. You'll never run out we of true crime stories. We will never run out. We could be here until our freaking deathbeds. Can you imagine? No, but listen. It where but me? It awkwarded me. It's our 90th episode. Listen. Okay. That's what Nancy Grace is doing. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Keep going, Nancy. Listen. Okay. So I saw something online, not TikTok. I saw Good it on you. Apple. I saw it on Apple News. Okay. There was a headline. I didn't read the article because I was at school and I was kind of browsing through art um, headlines when I was AP proctoring. Ooh, I probably shouldn't say that. College board, don't come after me. You don't know where I work. Um, but they said that the millennial generation is the first generation that may not have to die. I fucking told you this for two fucking years. I, you know, I'm know. done. <laughs> all right, well, tell us all the theory, Jen, since you're so... I told you I didn't read the paper. I just saw the headline. But you said until 2050, and I was just confirming... 2045. If you can last until 2045, you have a chance from what our medical knowledge is today and from some of the top scientists. Stop looking at my bulge. I'm not looking at your bulge. Why do you have a bulge in front of us? <sighs> If you can last till 2045, then you may have a possibility from what scientists and the top scientists today think you may be able to live forever. Now, you won't be immortal. You'll be amortal, amortal. which means you'll live forever unless you get hit by a train or by a bear or something. Hmm. I don't disagree with you, but I'm curious because, I mean, there are people in Generation X that would possibly make it to 2045. What? Dude, I'll make it to 20, 2045 is in 20 years. You thinking about clocking out? What the fuck? No, no. she's saying like millennials wouldn't necessarily be the youngest generation. Gen- generation oh. X. To not Generation Z. Generation X. They'd generation be old. Like, like they would be Gen- old. Oh my God. Wait, before I forgot. Oh, is that before us? Generation X? Yes. Because we're like on the border. Well, I'm on Are, the border. You're on the border, aren't you? All right. So tonight's story is for M. Emily, thank you so much for requesting this story. You can request stories at talkmore.com and leave a comment on any blog post. Tonight's story, the photos and videos are going to be on talkmore.com. You can click episode 233 or 234, 233. I've lost count. Yeah, it's the the one with Robert Wone is W-O-N-E and from... Other newscast and stuff, I heard that's how they pronounce it. So, one is the loneliest number you'll ever do. So, so tonight we are starting with a 911 call. NBC emergency 911 operator 6752. Do you need police, fire, or ambulance? What's wrong, ma'am? We just uh, we had someone that was in our house, evidently, and they stabbed somebody. Okay, somebody's inside the house now? I don't know. We heard. Are they bleeding? You see someone yes, bleeding? Someone is bleeding in our house. Okay, where's they bleeding from? 
Uh, I think he's I think in the stomach. In the stomach? Is he cautious? Uh, Calm down for me. I'm going to send some help, okay? Female or male? It's a male. He's a friend of ours. He's he spending the night with us. Okay. And who was the person that stabbed him? Do you know? Is he, is, is he cautious? We need an ambulance. Ma'am, no, listen no, to me. He's not conscious. He's not conscious at all? No. We need someone right now. Is he breathing? Listen, is he... listen to me. Calm down. I'm going to help you, okay? Is he breathing? I'm upstairs, and he's downstairs. I don't know. Okay, who's downstairs with him? My partner is downstairs with him right now. He told me to go upstairs and call the police immediately. Okay, who's the person? Okay, I'm sending paramedics and the police. Okay, who's the person that stabbed him? I don't know. We think it's somebody with an intruder in the house. We heard a chime at the door. <laughs> and it's 15, ma'am, calm down. 1509 Swan Street, Northwest. Am I correct? Yes, it is. The person that stabbed him, is he still in the home? I don't know. We got help in route, okay? Pardon me? We have helped them route. Thank you. They're here. Okay. They are laying route to you now. I'm saying the police and the paramedics, okay, to assist. Okay, what I need you to do is go downstairs, okay? The place where, wherever he was stabbed at, I need you to get a dry cloth, okay? And just apply pressure to that area. If he was wherever he was stabbed at on his body, I need you to take a towel downstairs while you're waiting for the paramedics to arrive and just apply pressure. Even if the rag or towel is saturated with blood, just get another towel and put it on top, but never lift the, the first towel off the area. Hold it on. Once it gets filled up with blood, just put another towel on top of that and just apply pressure until the paramedics arrive. Yeah. Yeah. In the heart. Yes. Okay. Is he breathing? Is he breathing? Okay. Is he breathing? Okay. We have help in row, ma'am. Okay. We do have help in row. Okay, just go down there and try to tell your husband or your other um the other half to just try to keep him calm and talk to him, okay? Keep him calm and talk to him until someone gets there. Okay. And at the same time, get a dry cloth and just hold it right there in the area. My partner's holding the okay. holding it on there. Okay, and once it gets saturated with blood, then I'm get another one. Go get another towel so you can apply it on top of that one once it gets filled up with blood. Okay. We need we need you to apply pressure on that area. Yes, applying pressure Okay, just hold it there until the paramedics get there. They should be putting up any moment if they're already en route to your location. You don't know who did this. We have no idea who did this. The person had one of our, our knives. The person that stabbed him ran out the door with a knife? I, I think so. Uh, okay, anybody get any type of description of the person that came in the home? no idea. We have no description. We heard we heard the chime and, and we heard the scream from our friends. Okay. And so we came running downstairs. We ran in. So you both was upstairs and your friend was downstairs. Yes. You heard the door open and then you heard the scream. We didn't, I didn't hear the door open until after the scream and then we ran down the stairs and we heard, we, are, we have an alarm and so the chime went off. 
Okay. The ambulance, we really need the ambulance. Okay, they in wrong they, they in wrong now, ma'am. Go to the door. They should be pulling up any moment, okay? I'm afraid to go downstairs. Okay, the person who's downstairs was the person that was assaulted. No, we're in the we're on the second floor. Okay. So somebody need to go downstairs and open the door for the paramedics. You're not sure if that person's still in the home or not. I have no idea. Okay, we have paramedics in route, okay? What time is it? What time is it at the moment? Yes. Twenty three fifty four. It's eleven fifty four, ma'am. Yes. I mean, I'll stay on the line with you. I will stay on the line until somebody gets here, okay? I won't hang up. We need them right now. I'm not hanging up, but we need, we need help now. Okay, they're in route, ma'am. They are in route. <laughs> help us. We have someone with stabbed. They're on our second floor. <laughs> <laughs> Ma'am. No, it's really an emergency. I mean, he maybe he's hurry. <laughs> Ma'am, it's gonna be okay. <laughs> All right, so we're going to 1509 Swan. Stop looking at me, Swan Street. (laughs) 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 This is uh, the photo right here. This house was listed for 2.4 mils. I mean, it's a big house, 3,000 square feet. Yeah. 3,100. I wouldn't want it, though. I mean, number one, one, it's not by the beach. Yeah. Also true. I mean, in D.C. Yeah. Also, it's attached to other houses. Yeah. Yeah, not ideal. But that's big. That's twice the size as my house. Yeah, that's a big house. All right, let's see if we can look inside it. Wow. Mm, Pretty nice. Obviously, they cleaned up all the blood. So, yeah, it is pretty nice. As a... So, who do you think owns this home? Some regular dude that works at... Well, uh, it's D.C. I would say someone who works for the government, perhaps. Someone who works for uh, what's in DC? I'm um, gonna say the, the CIA. It's no. a lobbyist because people in the government don't make that much money. Maybe. Well, if you're in Congress or what on kind the of lobbyist? Because he oil. Is, uh, th- think more about what was on the front of his house. A civil rights lobbyist. Kind of a gay rights lobbyist. Well, lobbyist is kind of a. But lobbyist is a, correct. A gay rights activist. It's not really a lobbyist. A lobbyist is a he an activist? It's a, an activist, not a lobbyist. A lobbyist takes money. Well, this guy I, just maybe I should change careers. Look at that. But that's house. not all he does. He's also a lawyer. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, like, look and, at that fridge. And there's three. Wow. And there's three people living in this house. Well, four actually. That's there's a four nice people living house. in this house. So yeah. That's a nice house. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, nice. I wouldn't mind you know having a, an attached building if I could afford something like that. Yeah. DC is. I mean, other than the crime rate, it is very nice. There's there's you know the all of the Smithsonian's which are free, and then there's the the White House and. And I'm very jealous of that kitchen. Why the hell would you want to see the White House? You can see that shit on TV. 
<laughs> All right, so look at this picture right here. This is the back patio. Uh-huh. That door locks. Apparently, it wasn't at the time. And they were seeing some, that something that came through on their chime. All right, t- re, re, um, tell us what the 911 call is about. Go ahead. Okay, so there's someone is stabbed on the first floor. Uh, the 911 caller is upstairs, and the 911 caller's partner is downstairs attending to the victim, apparently. They are not sure who stabbed the, the uh, victim. The victim was someone who was staying with them overnight. Um, and he said something about something came up on their chime video, and it's at eleven fifty four p.m. That's um, that's a good point about the chime video. Thank it, you. It, well, it, it's not a chime video. It's um, he said I heard the chime. I thought maybe like, it might be a door alarm, like a doorbell, Ding, okay, or whatever chime. Yeah. All right. So tonight we are going to DC one five zero nine Swan mm-hmm. Street. This is on August 2nd, Wee Hours, 2006. Ooh. So you guys were still in middle school. Uh, No. Well, yeah, going into freshman year. Well, no. going to serious? No, that was after our freshman year of high school. Ugh. Freshman to sophomore year. I'm robbing the crades. Good for you. (laughs) Well, we're going to be immortal, so you can suck on that. Uh, Y'all ain't got the money for that shit. Nope, we don't. Well, I don't. We will. Cheers. Especially after I bought the winning Mega Millions ticket last night. Oh, God. All right. So this is a three-story row house. The basement is actually rented to a friend who was not there that night. She was at, it was a woman. So it was the only woman in the house. Her name was Sarah Morgan. She wasn't at the house on this night at all. She left and she didn't come back until the morning. So she did it. I'm just kidding. She didn't do it. But she is. She lives in the basement and she was gone. So anyway, the house was extremely well kept. There are three males that live in the house. Plus this night there was a fourth male who was an out-of-towner and a friend of the three males. Okay. And he was staying just for the night. He was actually working in D.C. the next morning. He got a new position, which we're going to talk about, and he was staying there overnight. It's a very fancy house. Mm -hmm. Basically, the story is this. Three guys live in the house. One guy, like I said, comes and stays the night. And somewhere in the night after 1130, the 911 call comes in and the caller claims that someone had broken into the house after him and his partner heard a chime. Someone stabbed this guy. The out-of-town guest. The out-of-town guest. Stabbed him. They didn't know if he was breathing or not. He ended up dying. Uh, He was actually dead before they carried him to the hospital because the, uh, what what do you call it? The EMS. uh, The beep machine. EKG or whatever wasn't registering in the hosp- in the ambulance, but it's suspicious to me that you have a guest and the guest is the one that gets stabbed. Un- I yeah, it's like what are the chances that of all nights it's the night that you have not a town guest? <sighs> this story is highly complex and extremely confusing. You know what's confusing to me is how that townhouse sold for 2.4 mil and also how the townhouses down the street are are being built and sold for five hundred thousand dollars which is more than a ripoff if you ask me for a townhouse but what do i know i'm just a cashier in somerville no in mount Here. pleasant 
The ones about Midtown. This Prices is DC. are skyrocketed. But yeah, DC. Small, small area. Yeah, that's true. So who you're looking at now is Robert Wone. Wone? And his wife. Is he the victim? He is the one that was stabbed, yeah. Okay. The time of death was 1224 a.m. on August 3rd, so in the wee hours in the morning. And he was pronounced dead at the George Washington University Hospital Emergency Room. I was going to ask if if that house was near near George Washington University because I attended a conference there once and I I think I parked on that street. Hmm. Or near it. It looks very similar to the area. Hmm. Could be. How old is he? 27. He's going to be, he may be 27 there. On August 2nd, 2006, he was 32 years old. He was a, quote, fastidious man, end quote. That was from the actual judge here. All of this stuff is extremely important to this case, like okay. even little details. I'm sorry, can you define fastidious for those who don't know what fastidious means? Yeah, he's uh, very organized, doesn't... Uh, he doesn't leave his bongos just on the floor for, you know, uh, his other co-host to step on. <laughs> Shit. You know, I knew that it would come back to bite me every time we were like, I'll please, I'll please it tomorrow. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I'll I don't say tomorrow. that. What'd Let's you do? Move on, okay, babe, because you were being mean. Okay, I know okay. you haven't I was, slept. So. I haven't slept. Yeah, I haven't fucking slept. I'm tired. God damn it, I'm tired. And also, my house is pretty neat, considering. <clears throat> considering it's a huge mess. <laughs> First of all, you haven't been there since January. Second of all. Uh, all right, I got to cut all this anyway. Let's talk a little bit about the victim here. He is 32 years old. He was living in Oakton, Virginia. Mm-hmm. However, he just got a job. He's a lawyer okay. and a very successful lawyer. However, he just moved positions to general counsel. Oh, okay. Which big is job. a big deal. At, Young to be a general counsel. Yeah. At Radio Free Asia. And oh. Radio Free Asia, their offices was in D.C. Wow. So he was staying over here. So he doesn't have to commute all the way back home because he just got this job and general counsel. He actually wants to go in and and meet the night shift. He's doing what uh, a really good new general counsel would do. So I guess my sister would probably be able to let me know what this means. I'm going to ask you all anyway. So general counsel is like the main lawyer, right? It's like the main, the head lawyer of a company. Okay. A little bit about him. He is a fourth generation Chinese American. He was born in New York. He went to law school, passed the bar exam, and he was actually highly involved in volunteering work, especially when it comes to Asian rights. Where did he go to law school? He went to William and Mary. Okay. Yeah, William and Mary. You know, like y'all fucking know people there. No, I don't know people there, but I've heard of the school. (laughs) I guess I'm more interested in law because my sister is at Roger Williams Law School. She's going to be a lawyer and hopefully help me pay my bills when I can't afford my bills anymore. Hey, Jew. So his wife here, Kathy Wone, they married in 2003. They were extremely close to each other. He is uh, the type of person that doesn't really see labels he doesn't care what color you are, what race you are, what 
gender or what uh, sexual orientation. He'll be friends with anyone. Very outgoing, well, not outgoing, but very uh, a kindly man, a, a very mm-hmm. accomplished lawyer and kindly man. So he graduated from William and Mary in 1996, and then he goes to the University of Pennsylvania and he gets his law degree in oh, 1999. Wow. wow, you Penn is pretty good. It's an Ivy League. And he's 32 years old as a general counselor. Pretty good. All right, now I'm going to kind of go through the timeline. This case, like I said, this case, like I said, is extremely difficult. So we're kind of going to go by the official timeline here. Okay. So on Wednesday, August 2nd, 2006, at 8.45 a.m., him and his wife, Wife, Kathy, they get on the Metro. He kisses her goodbye on Connecticut Avenue, and then he gets on the Metro, which is a train. So once he got off the Metro, he had a huge day ahead of him. He was going to attend a continuing legal education course, CLE course, and then, and that's an all-day affair, Mm -hmm. then he's going to go to his new position at the at the Radio Free Asia, and he was going to say hello to the night crew. So either way, he was going to get to the house late. Now, there's three guys that live in this house. And one is a couple unit. Okay, I'm going to get to that in a second. Okay. Sometime before 11.08. So he, he goes and he meets the night folks. They sound great. I cannot wait. To get started with this position, awesome. This is the best thing ever. He goes back to his friend's house, which I'll talk about in a little bit. The guy that actually owns the building, the uh, condo he works, or they went to William and Mary together, the uh, college. And that's how they met. They've known each other for literally 10 years. In fact, him, one of the, uh, the roommates and his partner were actually at his wedding of of Kathy, mm-hmm. okay. Ron's okay. wedding, so they're really close friends. But at ten thirty two p.m. would be the earliest time that he would have gotten to the town home on Swan Street. Okay. Ten thirty two. Now the timeline is really important because when did that? Uh, you remember when the caller asked what time it was? Eleven fifty four. Which is crazy. Why? Why he's asking what time it is? Yeah. I didn't think about that at the time, but it is kind of crazy to ask that. I don't know. It's just weird. It's like he wants to put it on record or something. I don't know. We'll talk about that. Hmm. But so at 10.32 p.m. is the earliest time he could have got there. He gets to the house and he's tired. He's been out all day. Although, may I ask a question? So if he is just leaving the classes, he's telling his wife, hey, I'm just leaving. Do we know for a fact that he was truthful in that statement or was he maybe somewhere else and like, yeah, that's a good question. Hey, no, I'm just leaving baby, but he was really at a bar. No, he was at the class. That was uh, confirmed. Confirmed. Okay. Yeah. One of the other attendees attending the class I saw confirmed that confirmed that was the time that the, both the of them ended. went to subway together. Okay. Let's say he gets to the home at 1032. You're not just going to go in there and go straight to bed. You're going to come in, you're going to get a glass of water, which all the roommates confirmed. They were all downstairs drinking a glass of water. He's like, you know, I would love to stay and talk, but I am exhausted. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to head to bed. And he actually went upstairs 
and went to sleep. Paramedics get there at 11.54 p.m. Yeah. If he would have got there at 10.32 p.m., that's a little over an hour. Yeah. But most likely he got there probably around 10.50. He was probably not even there one hour. Right, when he stabbed. When he stabbed. Well, that's, that is lightly putting it. Okay. Mm. In the view of the paramedics, 11.54, they arrive. So the caller's still on the phone when the paramedics arrive? Yeah. Laying on his back mm-hmm. on the second floor. So the second floor guest room, the person would have had to go up, up the stairs. So you heard the chime. The intruder. Now, they, they, they think it's just a regular intruder. Someone came up the stairs, took a left, went all the way down to the guest bedroom, and then stabbed him. So that's that contradicts what the caller said, because he said that the victim was on the first floor. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. That, that's actually one of the um, discrepancies. The caller told the... It's a pretty the, big one. Yeah, it is. It is. They. He actually told the uh, paramedics that uh, he was on the patio. And, what? Yeah. But the paramedics found him oh. in his guest room, in his room. Which is both of those mm. very different from being in the main <laughs> parts of now, the all house. All these guys are friends. I'm, I'm going to get to exactly who these guys are. But keep in mind, they're all friends. Laying on his back was the victim, Robert Wone. He was on a fold-out bed in the second floor guest room. At the front of the house. So okay. it, the, the street that I was on on Gabor. Right, yeah, right the front. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'll show you the actual room here in a second. Mm-hmm. He had a night guard in his mouth. When detectives talked to his wife, Kathy, they said, listen, I mean, he, she said, obviously not just like, yo, listen to this, but she said, my husband was an extremely tidy and routine man. So... What he would do, he would take a shower, he'd brush his teeth, he would usually sleep without a shirt because he sweats at night, and he would always put in his mouth guard. Once he puts his mouth guard in, the eyes go closed and he's sleeping. That is his routine. So if he's got his mouth guard in, he's down for the night. Do you guys have a similar nighttime routine? Like there's there's some a couple things that I can't go to sleep without. What? And that is putting on very specific lip balm. Lip medics, I like can't sleep without it. Just regular lip balm will not do because it like cools. It's almost like a menthol. Vi- yeah, menthol. Uh, and I needed my eye mask. I can't How sleep without it. Eye mask working. I loved it until Luna ate it. I know. We also got to turn the air on. The big old the air, air conditioner. Yes, the air conditioner. We also can't sleep without. For me, I usually um, brush my teeth. And put my retainer in, mm-hmm. say my nighttime prayers, and then go to the bathroom. Like I can't. Like <gasps> oh, that's a good one. I can't. I can't have any blat like any pee in my bladder. Me either. Like I have to. I I can't go to the bathroom then brush my teeth and then go to bed. I have to brush my teeth and then go to the bathroom and then go to bed. And even if I'm in bed and I'm thinking about like, do I have pee? I wake up and then I go to the bathroom. Yes. Do I have pee? Like yeah. I'm like, do I need oh do it? Like if do I? If and if I start thinking about, just them, I'm get like, a I, two I liter go bottle like everyone else I'm like, does. Yeah, I, otherwise, there, I'm not gonna fall asleep because I'm th- thinking about whether I have to pee. Three drips of pee. I will literally spend half an hour on the Same. toilet until those three drips of pee come out of my p 
pee part. Pussy. And, no, because there's three holes. And then there are three holes. Yeah. Correct. Tell about the butthole too? Yes. Butthole, vagina, and urethra. Nope. You're talking about the flopes. We've already talked about this. Anyway. So until my urethra is clear of pee, I will sit on that toilet. Oh I literally my have God. to have a self-pep talk. I'm like, okay, Collins, like fucking pee. Like you're tired. You got to go to you bed. You call yourself by your last name? Yeah. Don't you? <laughs> All right, Do you pair. call yourself by any name? <laughs> no, because I don't me? talk to myself. No, I don't use the third person. Oh, is this like a mental illness thing? No, I think it's like you're very into sports thing. Right. Okay, Collins. Mm-hmm. I and think it's a sports thing. And it's not just when I have to pee. <sighs> then it's a sports thing. Okay. All right. Now that we know everyone's pee schedule. It's a r- bedtime routine. All right. So but I'm glad I'm not alone because I was thinking about that the other night and I thought <sighs> I was like, wow, I must be the only person who has to like okay. empty their bladder. This is a long story bed. and we're talking about pee for half okay. hour. I'm just saying. It's but I very... gotta give you a fist pound on that. <sighs> Robert Wone had his night guard in, which means he's down for the night. And then... On the desk, because the guest bedroom had a desk, he has all of his stuff laid out, dress right dress. On the desk in the guest room, he has everything laid out, his personal items, his toothbrush, his ID, his keys. They're all dress right dress, perfectly spaced. He has two wallets. And at first I was like, why has he got two wallets? Hmm, one of them yeah do you know why and i've never heard anyone do this you want to take a guess why he's got two wallets one for work and one for personal use uh kind of one for cash and one for credit cards no uh one's a uh a fake so if he gets robbed he'll give the mugger the fake wallet. oh kind of a smart idea good idea yeah It's got like a fake credit card. DC is not a very safe city. So no, fuck no. It's a better good than it idea. used to be. Yeah. So is New York. Great idea. There was also a black handled steel bladed kitchen knife that they thought initially was from the kitchen block downstairs, but turned out it wasn't because there was mm-hmm. one knife missing from the block downstairs, but one of the, <gasps> the mothers had the you knife. You know how that is. Sure do. Still missing it. There was a, like I said, a, a steel, black handled steel bladed kitchen knife was on the nightstand nearest the door of the guest bedroom and it had blood on it. That Robert Wone's blood. Now. Uh, can I ask a question? Okay. Was that, oh, it had his blood on it. Okay. I was going to ask, did, is that from the, from the perpetrator or did he normally sleep with a knife on his nightstand? Yeah, he slept with a bloody knife on his nightstand. I'll do that. A black-handled steel-bladed kitchen knife that came from the kitchen knife block on the kitchen counter was on the nightstand nearest the door to the guest room. On the knife blade was a visible amount of Mr. Wone's blood and also some of his cut chest hairs and a globule of human tissue or fat. The handle appeared entirely clean and there were some dots or spots of blood on the metal protrusion of the knife separating the blade from the handle, which is sometimes called the hilt. I didn't know that. All right. So here's the thing about the knife. So he has three stab wounds and... The knife, it was his blood, but it lo- it seemed to be, once the the detectives and the medical examiner and forensic guys walked through, the knife has his blood on it, but there's three stab wounds in his chest, which I'm going to get to in, here in a second. But the knife, it, although it was bloody, it wasn't the stick in and then pull out type of blood. It was more of a smeared 
from other places types of blood. So almost as like a distractor knife so that the other, so the, 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 the criminal could take the actual murder victim. They think weapon from the initial statements. They believe that the knife, that knife wasn't used to kill him. Mm. It was a decoy knife put there and purposely had his blood smeared on it as a decoy. It is a crazy fucking story. Okay. (laughs) But also smart. Like, if you're the killer, yes. Yeah. So Robert had three stab wounds in his chest and abdomen area. Now, I'll put the autopsy photos on talkmurder.com, but this is the diagram that the medical examiner made. This is the actual autopsy autopsy document from the medical examiner. Apparently, one of them hit the heart, if you're looking at that now. All the wounds were, quote, unusually uniform in dimension, orientation, and depth, end quote. Hmm. So all of these wounds were even with each other. The official cause of death was stab wounds to the torso, and it was labeled a homicide. One stab was in the chest into the right lung. Another one was in the chest through the heart. And one was in the abdomen, and the heart actually severed the aorta. It most likely caused them to die right there. Okay. Now serving F-27 at DMV window number 16. Okay, Rose, we're second in line. Perfect, Rose. You remembered the birth certificate? Yes, and we have our electric bill. Excellent. We'll be Real ID ready in no time. Real ID ready to visit our grandson Ricky at Fort Bragg, then fly to New Orleans for Jazz Fest. Pardon me, are you talking to yourself? I'm sorry. I guess I am. Talk yourself into Real ID readiness by May 3rd, 2023. Make a plan at dhs.gov slash Real ID. There are so many reasons not to skip breakfast. So many savory, mouth-watering, tasty, delicious beyond all belief reasons. Actually, that last one was pretty convincing. Stop by for a McDonald's breakfast. Mix and match a sausage biscuit, sausage McMuffin, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Any two for just two bucks. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. At First Commonwealth Bank, we know better banking begins with better ways to do the things you need to do. That's why we've made it easy to open a new First Commonwealth checking account with our simple-to-use mobile account opening. Now, the same device you use to talk, text, snap, share, schedule, email, navigate, and watch can help you open a great checking account, too. Visit fcbanking.com from any device and upgrade your digital banking to better with mobile account opening. First Commonwealth Bank. Member FDIC. And the last one was in the abdomen, the diaphragm, and it sliced open his small intestine. Each yeah. were uniformed at 4.5 inches in depth, or hmm. 4 to 5 inches in depth, and 7 to 8 inches in length. Which makes me think that the caller really had no idea whether he was breathing or not. I mean, he was upstairs, he sang, he was breathing... Like he said, he's alive, but how did he really know? All right. Well, look, let me let me talk about these uniformed stab wounds. Okay. What do you think the scenario is where you can get uniform stab wounds? Someone that are the exact same length inside the body, and no defensive wounds whatsoever. Someone who's unconscious. Someone who's unconscious are bounded. Mm. Bounded up. 
Yeah, I would. I was also going to say sex play, but I went with unconscious. Hmm. We don't actually know if he was drugged or not. There were extensive toxicology reports conducted. But here's the thing about toxicology reports. They actually have to know what drug they're looking for. There's mm-hmm. not uh, one, you know, one uh, cover it all kind of chemical, like a drug test, cover everything. Got it. So you it's know, not like if you perform the test and it's like, boop, 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 drug found. They couldn't find the exact drug, but they're thinking that since he was, he may have been incapacitated because the slices, the incisions were so uniform in depth that he has to be in, incapacitated or either bound up. But they, I didn't see anywhere where there were uh, rope burns or any bindings on his wrist marks. Mm. So let's say he was drugged. Now, the medical examiner, Dr. Gozlinski, I don't know if that's how you say it or not. She observed certain needle puncture marks at Mr. Wone's right ankle, left neck, chest, hand, and forearm inside the left elbow, which she described as, quote, evidence of medical intervention, end quote. Oh, so he could have been injected. The with medical something. examiner is saying this guy. Th- the medical examiner is saying this is direct evidence of medical intervention. Interesting. So let me say that again. He has needle marks, and when they asked his wife, he's not about a drug it, addict. Yeah, they asked his wife about it. They're like, "What are you talking about?" Plus, she just talked to her husband. Literally, uh-huh. you know, he's not going and sticking needles all in his place, all in his body. Uh, he's right. not a closet freaking crack, you know, addict. Mm-hmm. So anyway, he's got needle punctures in his right ankle, left neck, chest, hand, forearm, inside the left elbow. And that is direct evidence of a medical intervention. Interesting. So my question is, what were his insulin levels or did they inject just air bubbles, which we know have been Ooh, almost impossible point. to detect? No, that, well, no, the, the, no. He when was, he was killed, but the he, he was alive. The, the medical examiner thinks he was alive when he was stabbed. He actually was alive for at least 60 seconds to feel the stab, the incision into his heart. It, Probably took about six. So it's seconds more likely that whatever was injected was to sedate. In some yeah, way. like a, they were thinking about like a poppers. You know, remember we did the yeah. Stephen Port grinder yep. date guy, and he was giving those boys poppers. Yeah. The paramedics get there at what time? Eleven fifty-four. They look at his BlackBerry because he has a BlackBerry and a cell phone. Right. There were two emails. One was to Radio Free Asia. They, they were just drafts. They, they were not sent. Okay. And the other email was to his wife, which, why would you email your wife? When you've just called her. Well, not only that, but, I mean, why don't you just call her? Yeah, it's a very tad She's probably waiting for you to get in, you know? Mm-hmm. He called her once and said, I'm leaving the CLE class. Yep. Then he goes to Radio Free Asia. Then he gets there. Doesn't he want to call his wife and be like, I made it safe? Instead, he drafts her an email and doesn't send it. That email was drafted at 11.08 p.m. From what I found, there are ways to there are ways to manipulate the date of a drafted email on Blackberries. So the the time may not be correct, but what they saw is that 11.08 p.m. is when 
the Blackberry says he drafted an email to his wife. With any text or was it just like just like a, the sender? No, it was an email. It was yeah, a, but like was there anything written out in the draft? Now, they don't actually have all the, the documents of the Blackberry. They dropped the ball on that. All that shit got erased. Mm-hmm. That's no longer available even to them. Hmm. Unfortunate. Yeah. That was, uh, it was one of those things where it's like, oh shit, I thought you, you saved those. No, it was supposed to be me? Oh, fuck. All right. Well, kind of shit. Hmm. All right. Let's go back to the paramedics. They get there at 1134. The 911 caller, his name is Victor Zaborski. He is at the front of the house on 911. You heard him on the call. He's wearing a white bathrobe. They go in, the paramedics, there's two of them. They get the stretcher and they're walking up the stairs. And we saw the stairs on the, the picture. Right. Very nice. Mm-hmm. A third of the way up the stairs, they encounter another man. Now, they don't know how many people's in the house or not. Mm-hmm. They just know there's another man. His name is Dylan Ward. He is also wearing a white robe. Dylan doesn't say anything. He kind of backs back up the stairs and lets the EMT and the stretcher get through and the EMT says, you know, where, where do I go? What's going on? You know, all frantic. And all Dylan does is point to the room. He doesn't say a word. He just points. They observed very little blood in the crime scene. Very little blood. Which is odd. Yeah. So the medical examiner said that basically you get stabbed in the heart. Blood is going to, and the lungs, blood is going to fill up those organs. And you're basically going to drown in your own blood. That's pretty much how he died. They get to the room. There's hardly no blood. There is blood stains, yeah, but there's hardly no blood. And to further complicate the case for the forensics, they used the wrong type of luminol or or, uh, inspection agent. I can't remember what it was. Something like Ashley's agent. I don't know the name of it. But they Hmm. used it in a wrong manner, and they completely contaminated any blood evidence that would be there. Great. So that is no longer an option for them. So if there's no blood, but he was stabbed in the heart, but it's confusing because you say the medical examiner says that he was alive for at least 60 seconds. But if his heart wasn't pumping the blood, that would be an example of why there wasn't a lot of blood. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's no blood at scene, which is weird. Right. And the EMTs noticed this. They, they noticed this. If you want to read this, this is... um. This is from the bench trial, which we're going to get to, because there was a bench trial. He also observed that there was little blood on Mr. Wone or on the scene, but that on Mr. Wone's abdomen, there was a thin film of blood that looked as if it bore the impression of a kitchen towel or some item that had either wiped or had been pressed on the torso. Mr. Baker rolled Mr. Wone onto onto his side on the bed, then placed the stretcher under him and rolled him onto the stretcher, removing him to the ambulance so he was on the bed but that's also what the you know one caller told him them to do right so was he yeah but they were expecting a towel remember the the number one officers the number one operator said go ahead and press the towel on the blood yeah mm-hmm. and if it gets too bloody switch out the towel right so they were expecting a shit ton of blood and a shit ton of bloody towels so this is the towel. Oh, that is not a lot of blood to be no. on a towel. Yeah, it's not. It's not any blood to be on a towel. Interesting. Sorry, really nothing. You know, there should be a lot more blood on that towel. Yeah, especially if there's three stab wounds. It looks like blood was only coming primarily out of one area. 
All right, let's talk about the residents of the house before we go any further. Okay. So first, let's talk about Zaborski. Okay. He was the caller, correct? He was the caller. He's also the partner of the the lawyer that owns the house. His name is Joseph Price. Okay. There's three le- there's three residents that live in this home, all male. And plus, there's obviously one female in the basement. She wasn't there. Uh-huh. Obviously ruled out. Joseph Price, Victor J. Zaborski, and Dylan M. Ward. Now, they were in a polyname... Pollen, they were in a polynamorous polyamorous they were in a polyamorous relationship oh okay which means what they were all in a relationship together right yeah sort of they were with everyone's consent consent but they weren't they weren't all living in the same room right okay. at okay. the time so it was more like uh you know how some mormons are um, sister wife type situation yeah so they'll they'll uh let's say you got if you're I remember when I was overseas in like Afghanistan, like someone would have four wives, spend one week with one, one week with the next, you yeah. know. Yeah, you rotate. Yeah. <sighs> they probably went fucking insane. Joseph Price, the lawyer, begins a relationship with Victor Zaborski. Mm-hmm. Now, a little bit about Zaborski's job. He is the marketing manager for the I think it's like the Dairy Association of America. You know the mm. Got Milk yeah. campaign. Like that is his job. Like those that campaign. You cool. know that his job is a marketing manager. That I don't think he came up with the Got Milk because that was like in the seventies, I yeah, believe. Yeah. But the same company that does that Got Milk is where he works. Mm. Okay. Cool. Okay. He begins a relation. Now we're still talking about the residents here, so stay with me. Okay. Price begins a relationship with Zaborski in 2001. Price also begins a relationship with Dylan Ward. Dylan Ward. He was the one in the towel exa- or the robe. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh, the the uh-huh. one that when well there Up were the two stairs, in the road. Who is, two in a row. Who is yeah. silent? Yep. The yep. one on the stairs with yep, Dylan yep. Ward. Yep. He is a massage therapist. Okay. And now he, I even saw a uh, a, a uh, post with him being a yoga instructor now. But at the time, they were in a polynamorous relationship. So they were all partners. Everyone knew about it. And there may have been other, um, and this is from the official report, quote, some are all three engaged in relations outside the threesome. Okay. They considered themselves a, quote, family. Okay. Two weeks before the murder happened, Robert Wone tells his wife, hey, I'm going to spend the night with some old friends. And I remember he met Price in his college and university. Okay. They became really good friends. And since then, about four times a year, they all meet up together, the wife, the the. Th- you know, the three men, stuff like that. They're all They're really all friends. close friends. I mean, they okay. do barbecues together and stuff. Got okay. it. Two weeks before this happened, he said he was going to spend the night with some friends. However, at first, he emails or calls. I couldn't find too much information about this, but he calls someone else first. It was a female. I don't know the exact relationship. Just a friend. But he calls her and she says that she can't host him this particular night. Okay. Which is important. Okay. It wasn't... Staying with them was not his first choice. Exactly. And also staying with a female... Because a lot of this... A lot of the speculation on this case was... Well, maybe he was... Was he in a relationship with these guys? Yeah, and maybe he was 
gay or something. Well, if that's so, then why would he stay with a female? And but then to think about it, maybe he he had a bad feeling, or, or maybe yeah, he was maybe, friends with him, or maybe but, there was some sort of like kind of tiff with these guys. Yeah, maybe and he didn't really want to stay with them if he didn't have to. Right. Yeah. So he contacts Joseph Price, and they agree to take him in two weeks later. Now, Joseph Price, a little bit about him. He's a well-known, uh, a prominent lawyer. Mm-hmm. He is focused. Mm. Mo- mo- he is focused mainly on gay rights. He was the president of University of Virginia's Gay and Lesbian Alumni Association, and he founded an advocacy group called Equality Virginia. Okay, I'm just going to say if there is anyone who can commit a murder and maybe have a good shot of getting away with it. It's an attorney. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, all the things that you yeah, can but how and about, can't say, but how about three people getting away with murder? I'm just saying remember, Zaborski and his partner at the time, which they're all partners, but Zaborski and price are living in the same room. Mm-hmm. They're together. Yeah. Apparently asleep when this happens, then they hear a scream. That well, they hear a chime. The door chime wakes them up. Then they hear a scream, and they run in there, and he's dead. Mm. So, tell me what you guys think so far, and what do I need to cover? Again, anything? Because this mean, is very. This case is really tricky because it's so many moving parts. I don't think there's anything you need to cover again. Mm-hmm. I think I'm. Uh, it, it sounds based on the in, indiscrepancies, though, on the placement of the person like who made the phone call, mm-hmm. that there is something awry here Correct. within the people who live in that house. Why would they kill him? I mean, the the part I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know for sure that they did, but I think the discre- in, the discrepancies that were made from the call in just the lo- several locations of where they said the body was, the lack of blood the puncture marks in the arm certainly call suspicion to the people who are in the house Mm -hmm. now how long was he staying with them again just the night night. why would they be puncture marks in his arm they're trying to drug him what's the point like why are they trying to kill this guy i don't know did did somebody did the lawyer want his job at radio one asia no Maybe they... No, he's he's not even Asian. I'm just saying, was there some <laughs> sort of is. jealousy? Yeah, 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 no. Like, was the other attorney... <laughs> did the other attorney want his job? Well, there there is a polyamorous relationship that is occurring in this house, and I'm, I'm wondering what if... What the fuck? Oh, this house. Not this house. Well, you so. said this house. Like I was like, what the she fuck? She meant the house in which the story is the taking story. place. There is a polyamorous relationship happening in the house in the story. <laughs> and I'm wondering, like, polyamory is very interesting to me because I just don't understand. As someone who's who who has who has. I mean, everyone has a vice. One of my vices is jealousy. Hmm. So as someone who is a jealous person, I don't understand how polyamory could work. Same. Also, yes. 
So I'm wondering if jealousy played any role in like, and you just, hinted just from a friend perspective. Yeah, I mean, you can get jealous of friends. Mm-hmm. Like I get jealous of friends all the time. It's called FOMO, fear of missing mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, but also you question in the beginning, did we think that the victim was gay or straight? Which in the long run doesn't really make a difference. But if he was engaging in sexual activity with one of the people in the polyamorous relationship or just someone was a friend and maybe just got jealous like they didn't even, they had a suspicion even if it wasn't there but he was stabbed in his chest which is a very intimate crime mm. in his bed that he was staying in. No, well, apparently he was not stabbed in the bed. He was moved. Okay. He mm. was stabbed in the house, but stabbing is a very intimate crime. Like it's not something that you can just walk up to someone in the street. Well, I guess you could, but I mean, it's not like bang done. It's like, it was <laughs> specific. Like they went upstairs and they picked that room. If it was an outside intruder. Yeah. If you go upstairs and take the immediate, if it's an outside intruder. Okay. And we're going to go back to the judge. This is from the official report. I'm just going to kind of breeze over it. I'll put all these on talkmore.com. But there was a bench warrant, or excuse me, there was a bench trial, which bench trial basically, because all three of these guys were tried, not for murder, but for other things we're going to get to. It was like a civil suit, wrongful hmm. death? Well, that yeah, that later. But the bench trial is a trial that's conducted that does not have a jury. So mm-hmm. it's basically the judge doing a shit ton of research and making a decision based on the evidence she's, or she in this point, the judge was a female, is presented. Hmm. I'll put this on talkware.com, but the judge is Lynn Leboffitz, and it's a 35 page, 38 page paper. She goes through it, details, mm-hmm. and th- there's a lot of sites that go into speculation. I didn't go near those. I went straight to here because she mapped out everything and with no speculations and she laid it out the the case exactly how it is is which which is what I'm laying it out to you Got tonight. It. Yeah, but anyway, well before you go I was just going to say it's just also very suspicious that out of the four people living there obviously one was not there we already said the female was not there but out of the four four people living there that a random stranger comes into the house, goes up to the second floor and happens to choose the room that the guest that is only staying there for one night gets stabbed. I am persuaded by the trial evidence in its totality. I find that the murder of Robert Wone was not committed by an intruder unknown to the defendants. My reasons for this conclusion are the evidence that there was no sign of forced entry, no items or property disturbed within the home, no mark or disturbance that was made in the dust or debris on the fence railing, defendant's car, or the plant beds inside the fence. Not a single item of value of the type commonly taken by burglars was taken. Well, let me stop you right there for a second. The residents told police initially that someone probably climbed the back around on the patio climbing the wall to get uh. into the house uh, initially but then they they said uh they heard a chime so someone had to come up um the intruder had to have passed by mr ward's room to get to the guest room yet nobody entered mr ward's room zaborski and price are upstairs in their master bedroom mm-hmm. on the third floor they hear this scream they run downstairs and Zaborski immediately goes into Wone's room, which he also has to pass Dylan Ward's room. 
And in fact, he never checked on him. So, all right, say an intruder comes in and stabs this guest. You're going to immediately run to his room, even though your first stop should be Dylan's room, which is mm-hmm. right there. Right. You don't go there. You go to Wone's room, and then at no time do you even check on your friend Dylan Ward at all. Right. So that's kind of weird to me. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's also weird that someone is going to just come into the house too, knowing that there's three people there. Yeah. Like if you were in an, if you're just coming to, to steal something or stab someone pretty risky, if there's other people away. Right, well, who, who's, who did this? All three of them, right? Someone in the house. Someone in the house, which means all three of them know about it. How would they not? Yeah. Two of them are living together. Well, they're all living together. Two but I don't them. know if you can, how you can prove that, especially if the evidence was so fucked up. Yeah. That's and, the problem. Uh, well, so this whole bench trial was, hey, were these guys guilty? And then she, after doing her findings, she <sighs> said, by, by reasonable doubt, you can't prove yeah. that they're guilty. So basically, and this is her verdicts. I'm going to read this. Uh, Based on the foregoing, I find Joseph Price, Dylan Ward, and Victor Zaborski each not guilty of the offenses of obstruction of justice and conspiracy to obstruct justice. I find Joseph Price not guilty of the offense of tampering with evidence. Because, I mean, go back to the knife. It's not even the same knife used. Mm -hmm. So that was tampering with evidence. Now, the judge says many times here, in this report, which I feel, feel like is very interesting, as my initial matter, I am persuaded by the trial evidence in its totality. So all said and done, every speck of evidence that I researched thoroughly, and it took a long time for her to do that. I think it was like two months mm-hmm. of just doing this. And I find that the murder of Robert Wone was not committed by an intruder unknown to the defendants. She's saying, this is what the, the judge is saying. She's saying that. You motherfuckers did it or you know who or the you fuck know who did, did it. Yes. But guess what? I can't fucking prove it. Yep. So you're free. But <sighs> fuck, you did it. Yeah. Or, or you know who did it. Okay, That's no. The, that is our system. All right, well, let, let's go down one more road that is... Uh, oh, okay. Kind of interesting here. All right, so I didn't get into this, but uh, we'll do that now. Do y'all, know what a, uh, do y'all know what a milking machine is? Like at a farm? Like a breast pump? <laughs> kind of. If you're at uh, work... Is it like a manual, like, <laughs> sex toy? Masturbation machine? No, if you're at work, you can uh, type in this. Uh, just type in milking kit. Uh, the Aerotech. E-R-O-S-T-E-K. And this is one of the milking machines. Well, considering that Eros is a form of love, I would uh, stray away from looking at that at work. I mean, I was looking up sprinklers and like seed spreaders today for my garden, but not something like this. All right. So this is, uh, let me see. It's the Aerotech. It's their newest model. Let me see. Yeah, I got the old model. This is a masturbatory BDSM device. Let's just watch this little video here. This oh, guy, good. Um, I love product videos. This thing. Oh my gosh, that's going to cause like an epileptic seizure. Well, just listen. Oh, this thing. 
Butt plug. That's a butt plug. Okay. That's a, that's, how does that get up your butt? <laughs> you stick it up there. Probably with some lube. <laughs> like John's prostate exam. That just doesn't seem pleasant. Like, nope. All right. So this, all right, it's not technically a milking machine. I actually watched, uh, I was wondering how this shit worked. <laughs> You're like, I'm doing a lot of research for this it's episode. A, this thing is a stimulation. Do you know those things, those, um, massagers that you can put the sticky pads on your muscles yes, yes. i've got one of those yes, things and yes. you turn it on and it just you know shakes your muscles it's an electric electric stimulant. Stimulant. yeah it's an e-stim device yes yeah so yeah this is a e-stim too but this is um basically for your butt no not for your butt for your wiener oh god this actually puts around your wiener it straps around your wiener, but it also attaches attaches to a butt plug. Yeah, and there's a butt plug right here. That's a nice looking one. I, I'm sorry, but things are supposed to come out of your butt, not go not into in. it. I agree. They attach around your wiener, and they send these electric shocks. They they didn't find this on Robert Wone, but they did find that he had ejaculated, and that huh. his semen was on himself and inside of his anus. Inside, inside of his anus. I'm sorry, you it said his, his own semen? sperm. His own sperm. Not anyone else's. Which, number one, the reason I'm bringing the stimulation thing up is because they found a shit ton of these things in the fucking home. And if you want to read this. I was just going to say, like, he could have just, you know. Tucked it? No, I don't think that's no, how it works. No, 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 no. I, I, uh, if, if it wasn't up his own bum, I would have said, like, maybe he just does... Right, maybe that's this, part of his nightly routine. Read this thing right here. Court papers indicate that the housemates had all sorts of attachments for the machine. Flesh-colored butt plug with conducting surfaces for anal insertion while attached to the Aerostech ET302R. That was the exact one they had, the 32. Black adjustable cock ring with white and red connector for use with Aerotech ET320R or similar device. Black adjustable cock ring with white and red connector for use with Aerotech ET302R or similar device. All right, I need to preface this right quick before we talk about this cock ring and everything. The I EMTs have a story about cock rings too. The EMTs get there, they notice. The EMTs get there, they get this really weird vibe, especially from Price. In fact, one of the EMTs, I believe his name was Baker, when he was going to administer uh, aid to the victim, he was so freaked out by Price, so weirded out by him that he actually went out of his way, the EMT, around the other side of the bed, which prolongs the time he can take to give him aid because he was so freaked out about this guy and his strangeness that it just scared him. And and he went around the other way so he can keep him in his peripheral vision. Huh. Now, also, when the cops get there, and I have a quote from the, the report, and this is from the judge, if you want to read this. Sergeant Charles Patrick, the supervising officer on the scene until the arrival of homicide detectives, and Officer Gregory Aylman made similar observations of the defendants as officers generally inquired of them what had happened. At one point, Mr. Ward began to speak. Mr. Price gave him a stare. The officers interpreted as forbidding. Mr. Ward stopped talking and Mr. Price began to make a statement about the events of that night. Mr. Price continued to do most of the talking to police and led them on a tour as he explained the events of the evening. And Price is the lawyer. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. So basically, when the other ones were trying to answer a question, he would look at them kind of like um, Mr. Ramsey looks at the uh, the other family members mm-hmm. type of thing. I don't know if y'all got that. Yes. yes. Yeah. So, but the fact that they found all these sex toys, which, you know, it's that doesn't mean that they're, you know, maybe they just like BDSM. But this is the, uh, from Washington City Paper, the uh, title, The Secret Sex Toys of the Robert Wone Trial. And this is what they have here. It basically hooks around your penis. So basically what they're thinking is they, he ejaculated, but that doesn't mean he sat there and did it to himself. Right. It could have been forced. Well, yeah, if you have a, an Easton machine, that's going to um, simulate muscle contractions or cause muscle contractions, which, you know, would hmm. cause ejaculation. That. So with that video, you saw that it is attached to the butt plug, too. That could mean, all right, because semen was in his, like inside of his anus. So how did the fuck did it get there? Right. It has to be get, it has to get there through someone pushing it through there or or someone forcing their penis in you. Right. However, it's only his semen. So it had to be, he had to ejaculate. We know that. Everyone thinks it's by force. No one thinks he's homosexual or has any thoughts whatsoever, but he did ejaculate probably from this e-machine and then that gets forced inside of him so they used the butt plug to have his semen on it his semen as a lube for the butt plug perhaps and no one knows i mean because apparently someone came in and and, and did this all, just... all under an hour yeah, the fa- the intruder could not if they're trying to say like when would the intruder have had the time to do that without being unnoticed by the other members of the house? Not possible. You know? Mhm. Cuz the intruder would have had to have known that the machines are there. Exactly. To use them. Or bring them from home. And plus he would have to bring his own kitchen knife cuz the one that was there was didn't not the match one the you- kitchen block. Yeah, it mm-hmm. didn't well not it wasn't it was determined it wasn't the knife used to stab him and then you and have, it was placed there almost like to deceive the police here's what the time it's gonna take yeah. the other members of the house should have been awake and have known that an intruder was in the house doing such things right. to their house guests. also i mean like if you're gonna doubt that theory you can call it a hate crime and say that someone who knew that these types of activities <laughs> typically went on in that house and that, then went upstairs i'm saying that's, that's a really good point yeah keep going that's a good point i was gonna bring that up well like you could say that like maybe maybe it, if you're gonna go with the intruder theory you can say they had a, a pride flag hanging on their house which is you know and this is in august a couple months after pride happens so if you're gonna use the um the the intruder theory someone who who said, I know that there is typically homosexual activity that happens in this house. I'm going to target this house. I know that John Price, perhaps, because he's one of the people that lives there, is a homosexual um, living in a polyamorous relationship. So I'm going to target these people. And I know that, you know, I can go in there and just that something will probably be happening and at late at night because 
you're you're all home and it's dark and then you can commit a crime that's the only way i could see anything happening with it's a, a stretch intruder. it is a stretch but it is a stretch you- yeah but it, it is a very good point that's actually one of the theories i was gonna bring that up because they i mean we saw the google Earth. that's the only house of the pride flag and the josh Pry- or joseph price is a gay rights attorney very outspoken and a lot of people don't like that shit and remember, this is this isn't 2021. This is 2006. Right, right. And I know it wasn't gay bashing and stuff like then, but it was worse than it is now. Kind well, of thing. I mean, that's still going on in 2021. No, I, I know, but it was worse then. Is what well, I'm trying I know. To say. I just got an email from from a parent who was upset that a class showed Love Simon, like which is a movie that has a gay protagonist. It's not even like yeah, yeah, rah rah, gay rights. It's not like that. Like, and she was like, "This is inappropriate for the classroom. I don't think that anyone should be pushing an agenda." And it's just oh, like yeah. people have those viewpoints still in 2021. So it's not, especially in 2006 which is before gay right gay marriage was legalized but so but regardless it's still a probably not feasible because the intruder whoever the intruder is to do all of that without having other house guests unnoticed is yeah not very possible right it's a stretch but it's not impossible like they, I think well, they did hear I think the chime. I think it is borderline it's, it's impossible. It's almost impossible, but nothing, anything is possible. The, the, nothing is impossible. The no, it's impossible. The housemates were extremely uncooperative. Plus, they all lawyered up. Now they did go into the interview room. One of them for twelve hours. But that's a long day. Yeah, and but they did. Everyone lawyered up. Everyone had the same story, even though there were minor discrepancies. It's funny, Nicole, because you said if there's anyone that could get away with a murder, it's it's, it's an attorney. Lawyer, but like they do something like this. At the same <sighs> point, did they? I have a question. Did they all lawyer up with someone like people from the same firm? Was it the same lawyer? Was it different lawyers? I think you have to get a different. Do you have lawyer. to get a different lawyer? All right. So this is the knife. It was just on the dresser. Hmm. Completely different knife. Hanging off this off of the side of these the are the three men right here. So this is Joseph Price, this is Dylan Ward, and this is the caller. Hmm. I mean, just okay. complete. All right, so let's go over the alternatives real quick before we stop this. It does step it up a huge notch when he has semen inside of him. Sure, didn't see that coming. Especially his own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Baker says the three men look freshly showered and are acting calmly compared to the hysterical people he usually encounters in similar situations. Price tells the first cop on the scene that they had found one at the patio door and took him upstairs and laid him on the bed. She advises him to put on clothes. Paramedic Weaver says the body looks showered, redressed and placed on the bed. With no blood on there. So they've all showered and the body is showered. Mm hmm. Hmm. Well, now, the police, suspicious. they went through all the drains. All right. Here's what happened with the police. Okay. They get there and they're like, what the fuck? You got two guys in white bathrobes. Everyone's they, got wet hair. They, they are just, shit's not fucking adding up at all. They're, they're giving us this, this canned story. Something's not adding up. And then they all lawyered up. They actually go and literally destroy that fucking home. 
They they take out the drains, everything. And apparently, the police, you mean? The police, yeah. And apparently, because no one was talking, they weren't getting anything. So apparently, they didn't find anything, enough evidence, or they destroyed the evidence, whichever one, to convict these guys. Hmm. They didn't find anything. So right now, I mean, you don't know. They they could have been an intruder. Fuck. Now, let, let me go one other theory real quick. I, I know I didn't bring this up, but I do want to put this out there. Price actually has a brother who is a crackhead. Shouldn't say crackhead. A crack. Well, no. Crack he's not addict. A, and a, he well, has a drug he's addict. got a drug problem and he's also a phlebotomy student. Okay. Which they do a lot of other... St- what do they do? Injections. Injections. There you go. Blood he, work. Yeah. So let me show you this guy. All right. So this is his brother. This is Price's brother, the guy that owns the house. Uh-huh. He's got a drug problem. He actually breaks into the house about two months after this. Okay. He and almost he steals, looks like, a, steals a bunch of shit. TVs and everything else. He almost looks like the guy in the middle, which is weird. Hmm. Yeah, that's Joseph Price. Weird. No, no, he doesn't look like Joseph oh, Price. I know, like yeah, he Dylan, looks like yeah. Dylan, yeah. Yeah. Here's the theory with that. He, he uses needles. He's a phlebotomy student. The day that Wohn is murdered, he skipped class that night, okay. which is extremely rare for him. Plus, right after the murder, he hit the, the drugs really hard. He basically hit the worst rock bottom he's ever had. Maybe so guilt. For may, all right. Let, let, here's here's usually how these stories work. If all three of these people didn't kill him, right? Especially in an hour. Let's say, here's my theory. At least, let's say this guy Michael breaks in the house. They did hear the chime. He goes up there, sees Robert Wone. Now this is speculation. He stabs him or whatever the fuck happened. There. One thing I forgot to mention is the the autopsy. There were, uh, I can't remember the term, but they noticed the the little bubbles in your eyes when you get strangled. They think he was choked at one point, but he was he was alive after that. So let's say there's a struggle between Michael and this guy. Now, these three roommates, or at least two of them, including the guy's brother, they want to stage it to look like a sexual crime. By doing the ejaculation, putting semen inside of him, all this stuff, and divert the police with this crazy knife theory and all this shit. Michael may have just broken in looking for drugs. And he kind of knew where to, or not drugs, but drug money, stuff like that. And there was ecstasy in the house. So he breaks in. This is one theory. There's a struggle with him. Then this guy ends up dying, Robert Wohn. And then they stage it to look like a sexual, sexual thing happened, knowing that the police won't be able to connect all the dots. And since the one guy's a lawyer, the brother, they know they're going to go free if they all stick to their story. Okay, another theory is that, let's say, when Michael Wohn gets to the house, they're in the kitchen drinking water, they slip something into his drink because all three of them are in a sexual relationship and they want they they want to have sexual do stuff with him even though they know that he's straight or whatever or maybe he rejected their advances or whatever they drug him they Mm -hmm. put him in the chair then he comes to because the drugs wear off so what do they do 
Well, they if you give them a pill, it's going to take a long time. So what they do, they just get that shit and start stabbing them all over the place with the needle. Right. That's why he's got needle marks everywhere. They finally get enough drugs into him where he's completely immobile. And since there was no binding marks or anything, now he's just sitting there. So, yeah, he's alive, but he's completely just zonked. Now he could just push the knife in. And that's why it's the same. Because if you're going to kill someone with a fucking knife, we've done a lot of these stories. It is not like this. Four inches out. Four in- it's like this fucking shit right here. Fucking yada, yada, yada. <laughs> this seems like this. Okay. Uh, he woke up. He saw us sexually abusing him he's going to tell we're all going to get in trouble we need to kill him okay you stick the knife right through his heart okay like that stick it you know what i'm saying right mm-hmm. kind of fucking gruesome and kind of weird fucked but yep. you know whatever i mean there was also ecstasy at the house they all lawyered up and it's been bl- there's been no leads or nothing since it happened i know the wife won a civil suit for an undisclosed undisclosed amount but Honestly, I think because... Against these men, you mean? Yeah. Wow. Well, they... I I shouldn't say one. They settled. So, I mean, it may have been nothing. Was it a a wrongful death suit? Yeah, that and tampering with evidence and stuff like Mm. that. But no one knows. And the fact is that this case is kind of... You know, it's got all the the makings of being a sensational case, but no one knows about it. It's crazy. It's like got a mystery in it. It's got... uh, you know, uh, sex-related stuff in it, but no one has even fucking heard of it. And it's in D.C. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just really... It's Don't sad know. that he, no one, you know, was brought to justice for this individual who, yeah. like, had such a bright future, was doing amazing things. Like, that... Uh, yeah, he... Um, I hate when people get away with shit. Mm-hmm. But that's the thing. You don't know. I mean, I mean, fuck, everyone knows this guy. It was someone in the house yeah, yeah, or they know. knew who did it. Like, yeah. the judge said it well. Yeah. Honestly, guys, if you really want to know everything about this case, don't go to these fucking speculation sites. They just, they just stretch shit. Just go and look at the judge's bench trial documentation. It's 38 pages. She lays out everything extremely nicely it's well said she makes her point that hey these guys they they know who did it at least if they didn't do it themselves she lays out all the facts that it can't be an intruder there's nothing taken there was no evidence for a break-in intruder plus why would an intruder go to his room when they could go to dylan ward's room you know stuff like that it's just and and the fact that all like all three roommates were just it was scripted yeah but it's just weird like you know because obviously it's so interesting like what actually fucking happened you know like what the fuck happened to bizarre to, to have this guy strapped up and then he was clean they, they put him in a shower yeah, and they still found crazy. semen in in him but his own semen i know which it's is crazy. fucking crazy man yeah. Which means they would have to force ejaculate him somehow. And that's where they found that... Uh, the machine. That machine. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. It is crazy. Anyway, Emily, that's your case. I hope you enjoyed it. That case just really hurt my head. And I honestly, I wish I would have given myself more time to research it. I didn't know it was going to be that involved in... 
and so many moving parts. But this is a good story and or a good story. It's a, an interesting case, and I I'm so glad you suggested it. If you want to suggest your own stories out there, you can go to the blog at talkmer.com. Just comment on any post. What story you want me to do? I'm going to be trying to do a lot more. Here coming up, we got the Snowtown murders coming up for for our friend Malachi, and then we got prom night murders coming up for Jen's friend. I don't know who was that that requested Heather. that. Heather requested that. Some other ones coming up too. I'm really going to try to get these out the way for you guys. If you want to support us, listen to this ad free. Go to talkmore.com/join, and you can support us three dollars a month. Uh, for the lowest tier, and you can hear all these ad-free, especially if you're on this binge binge. So anyway, I uh, hope you guys like that. I know it's kind of rough. But anyway, my name is John. And until next time, good night, you lovely, lovely people. At Huntington, we've been asking ourselves, can we make saving money any easier? And we think we've solved it. Introducing Money Scout. It analyzes your spending habits, income, and expenses to find money not being used in your checking account, then pushes it to savings automatically. Why would a bank do that? Just to help people thrive. That's how we reinvent banking. Huntington, welcome. Subject to eligibility, terms, conditions, and account agreements. Learn more and enroll at Huntington.com slash MoneyScout. At First Commonwealth Bank, we know better banking begins with better ways to do the things you need to do. That's why we've made it easy to open a new First Commonwealth checking account with our simple-to-use mobile account opening. Now, the same device you use to talk, text, snap, share, schedule, email, navigate, and watch can help you open a great checking account, too. Visit fcbanking.com from any device and upgrade your digital banking to better with mobile account opening. First Commonwealth Bank. Member FDIC. 